to today's podcast. Thursday, December 15th, my food friend, the food empress of the Blade, Mary Billiou, will be by shortly. We have some community affairs, contact business to get to, and then uh, some of her food highlights from the year. And if you have a food place, Mary might have a place for you. A couple of key quick things about this song. No matter what the world may do. It's part of it's in the rotation for um, show intros. And it has been since uh, late winter, early spring of last year. I don't know the artist offhand, but it's called On and On. And there is another song that I heard around that same time that's in the rotation. I'll play that one briefly. This is Hey Pocky. Uh, both of those are from a, a show that I rewatched over the last couple of days. Not going to super nerd out here. I just want to make a point. I rewatched The Falcon and The Winter Soldier. And uh, th- there's some some low parts to it, but overall, it's, it's pretty good. Of the, the Disney and Marvel Plus shows, it's, it's near the top. Nothing's Loki. Um, and I like the characters a lot. But why I wanted to bring that up, what I did remember, my biggest takeaway from that show was... It had a wonderful, what's the right, it had wonderful commentary about the time when that show was being shot, which was probably at latest, like late 2020. Uh, That show, especially the last two episodes, had pointed and poignant and accurate, but with a soft touch still. Um... And Anthony Mackie, I think this goes to his acting skills and talents and the way he delivered the the monologue and the conversation. Um, It delivered perfect, nearly flawless commentary about where we were in society at that time when the show came out and still now. So much so, like if I had to give you an analogy of how this, the last couple of episodes unfolded, and I, I don't always like shows that have deep, serious commentary about life. Sometimes I do. But usually these things are my my escape. Um, and a lot of times, as you know, the symbolism and themes go way over my head. But I got this. Um, I've Everybody, I think, or a lot of people now do DEI training, as I think many people... I'm not going to say you should, but there are plenty of people that need it. And unfortunately, the plenty of people that need it are probably the ones that are most against it. But I, I do know that there are some friends of mine who have been through it and their their takeaway was, are there people that don't know about the disparities in society and how different people are treated worse than others? Yes, yes, yes. So I just know what the DEI training I've gone through here. Um, but to the point... If we were going to do a fluffier, more pop culture version of DEI rather than very accurate workplace examples, um, let let people watch the last two episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Because of the accuracy of that commentary, I mean, it, it's stark and strong and, and pointed. Um, and it can definitely, op- definitely should open people's eyes about the disparities in life. And what made it so powerful was, obviously, you're talking about Black Captain America and mostly about uh, Black people. 
But the way the actor delivered it, it opened up your eyes to, there are plenty of people out there of all shapes, sizes, ethnicities. Sorry, my retainers are in. I can't say that right now. Um, All the differences in how people are treated differently. And why can't we treat them the same? And you're in power. You can make this happen very easily. So, really strong stuff that I got to rewatch last night. And, I, and, and it reminded me of just how powerful it was back then. And one of those things that I'll file away and go, I need to watch this. I actually have a bookmark in my bookmarks. It says, inspire me. Um, if, you are a, if you're a person that likes trends, a friend of mine yesterday posted about not getting animals for the holidays for friends because they might not expect them or have the ability to take care of them. Um, I, I commented on my friend's post, stop, stop buying animals because, because they're trendy. You might love them. Uh, but I gather that you, that certain animals and pets and breeds have appeal because they are pop culture things or because they're trendy. A couple of examples. There were a lot of people on the hunt for huskies at the apex of Game of Thrones popularity. Mm, now you get it. The other one, I don't know where the popularity came from, and I suppose that there is a practicality to them because I think they're hypoallergenic because they don't shed. But um, golden doodles seem to have become an accessory to many people. I'm not saying they're not wonderful dogs or whatever, but a lot of people seem to have, a lot of, a lot of similar people seem to have golden doodles. Um, please don't buy pets because of uh, because of trends or anything like that, unless it is a trend of practicality or pragmatism. Because you want a dog and you can't deal with the fur and the allergies, so that. Uh, I, I go there because um, I saw that the Perrysburg Rotary Club has paid a large chunk for the the pickleball courts in Perrysburg. If you do, if you do get trendy animals and you do other things like you cannot wait for your pumpkin spice and whatever else, look, embrace your goddamn basicness. Okay, thank you. Um, it took me a long time to uh, um, embrace being iconoclastic is too high of praise for myself, but different. There's a quote from somebody. It's been used all over the place. You laugh at me because I'm different. I laugh at you because you're all the same. Embrace your sameness. Uh, But now is the time if you're into trendy things, and I don't think anybody here listening is, get into pickleball right now. Um, It it might be bigger. It might last longer than the peak of and be bigger than axe throwing. Remember when everybody had to throw an axe? I mean, pickleball is a thing. Thank you uh, to certain people. When I'm out, Running errands all over, and this goes back to when I said, when I said, um, not only were you passing turkey around Thanksgiving, you were passing your cold, whether it's what RSV, some degree of COVID, something else, whatever. Thank you for so many people masking up. You might have heard at the outset of the pandemic in Asia, they mask all the time just to be safe. I hope we've taken some of that practice up. Um, because you're cold. Look, if you have a sore throat, stuffy nose, it's in your head. My dad had that, and it was COVID, and thankfully he's okay. He has all his uh, his his vaccines, so it was a mild case. But if you got a cold or something, and you still need to get around and get out, thank you if you're wearing a mask because you not masking up, spreading your germs, might keep somebody else from a holiday gathering. One more thing that was on my radar this morning after having um 
some lunch yesterday with Alicia, who used to uh, own Fountain Fodder. Now she can wear her superhero cape all the time to try to save the planet 24 hours a day since she has sold that um, to Andrew Newby from Toledo Spirits. She could focus on saving the world. She told me about how Dallas has had quite a successful fight on violent crime. Um, I looked into it in the art and the pieces I came across, um, and I think it was the University of Texas at San Antonio, UTSA, who did a follow-up study saying, yeah, yeah, this stuff was effective. I got to do more research. Got to do my own research. But it appears a lot of what we have tried to do here, um, community policing, uh, targeted police presence in like very specific blocks or like 300 by 300 square feet, whatever it might be. You have heard, I think there's been three times the police have released after the fact, obviously, of raids they've done, of what they've collected. Um, targeted policing, community policing, um, and also uh, it looks like Dallas had violence interrupters. So they had a downtick at least 20, uh, from last year, I believe, year over year, recently, um, in violent crime. Now, why we haven't had that in other places, I throw out a couple things. Maybe we're not executing things as well as Dallas. It's a bigger city, certainly has more resources, but Chicago doesn't seem to have had much success either. So it's either that and or it's just too small a sample size in Dallas, like one year slash a little bit of luck. I do believe that you make your own luck by being prepared and having a good strategy and plan, but sometimes luck is luck. So maybe something more you want to luck into. Maybe you'll find details that I missed, but it looks like we have targeted a lot of the things that a successful place beating, uh, reducing violent crime, a lot of things they've done, we've attempted or at least thought about. And at the root cause, like Alicia and I were exchanging today, it's fucking poverty. Like I saw a guy, it was in New York or something. It was on a New York website. A guy hopped over a chicken, uh, over a McDonald's and stole like two dozen chicken nuggets and a hamburger. Why did he do that? What pushed this person? What level of hopelessness and despair where this person is pushed this person to that? Well, maybe they were mentally unwell, right? Did the despair and hopelessness cause the mental illness? Quite possibly. If we, and this sounds so, so much of a panacea, so much of Star Trek in the 24th century, so utopian and nearly impossible, and maybe it is, but we can take a chunk out of it. But if we can reduce poverty and provide people with some hope, a lot of hope from where they are now, a lot of that violent stuff goes away on its own. All right, let's get to my good friend, Mary Billu from The Blade to talk uh, uh, food insecurity but also some other things as we move through the holidays and maybe even some holiday tips so you don't gain 15 pounds. No, that's not going to happen, but maybe we can keep it down to 10. Um, it is a pleasure to welcome to the first time here on on Contact, at least with myself. Great to have my my good friend and food empress and so much more features writer and basically everything at The Blade, Mary Bill. You, you do, I joke, but you do have a lot of pieces in the paper every Sunday. Um, I do, because I do a, a regular recipe feature. I do a column. Um, I'm in charge of dinner tonight, the, the little quick, easy recipes, even though I don't have my byline on those. Um, uh, every first Sunday of every month, I do a dinner for one recipe. Uh, and sometimes I also get magazine pages or living stories or health and, and well-being stories. So... It, it keeps me from getting into trouble. How's yeah. That? <laughs> no, note to local newsmakers. I, I am a risk. 
You, yeah. Note to, no to local newsmakers or anybody sending out a, a press release and hoping to get some, some piece of the blade on a Sunday. It ain't happening. Send it to Mary for the story. There you go. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's dig if in. If I your... can't do it, I will at least forward it to the right person. Yes, um, I want to. But pick... give me first dibs. <laughs> I want to pick your brain about some some food things that have been good for the community over the course of the year that you have written about. But let's start with okay. um, a, a, a time of year. I hope people are a little more familiar with the the phrase food insecurity, and it's been a problem. I know some of the places like Cherry Street Mission and the like have have struggled this year, and at this point in the year between Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's really a challenging time for them. But if there are people out there who are dealing with food insecurity, um, where would you suggest they tap into? Um, Food insecurity has been a huge and growing problem. Uh, Well, it's been a huge problem for quite some time. It's been a growing problem since the pandemic began. And, and, well, I, I hazard, you know, I hedge my bets here saying it's tapered a little bit. It is still a huge and significant problem. People do not have enough to eat. Families, children do not have enough to eat. Um, and so the food banks and the food pantries are all working. Just you have no idea how hard they're working. We owe them an abundance of gratitude for everything they're trying to do. Because not only are they trying to keep families simply you know, fed with basic nutrition, you want everybody to have a special holiday. I did a magazine story about what some of the food banks were doing to help at Thanksgiving. And, you know, they're trying to get winter coats. They're trying to get scarves and gloves. They're trying to get boots. They're trying to get food. And they're trying to to feed not just, you know, bodies, but souls and spirits uh, to let people know that, that there is help and and that, that all they have to do is ask. Um, so I would say either get a hold of the food banks. There's the Northwestern Ohio Food Bank. There's the Seagate Food Bank. But on a smaller scale, there's the Martin Luther King Kitchen. Uh, I did a story recently with them. I talked with Harvey Savage and his sister, Henrietta Savage uh, Armstrong, who's the head cook. She's been the head cook taking over for her mother for the last 25 years. And the place has been open since 1969. And the Savages both said, that, that they are likely to die there because the need just keeps increasing. Um, they did a special, they're not doing in-house lunches right now, Monday through Thursdays, but they are doing still lunch giveaways. They did a very special Thanksgiving meal, and they're having a Christmas party on the 22nd if anybody wants to make a donation of food or warm clothing or money in particular because they can decide where the greatest need is. Um, the the, the Martin Luther King Kitchen for the Poor has a very special place in my heart. Um, Cherry Street Mission is trying to to take care of people for the holidays. Um, Mobile Meals Mobile Meals provides um, delivery service of meals to those who are homebound who have trouble getting out and and getting food for themselves. Uh, they have a volunteer who make reads uh, special reads that will be delivered with some of the meals to some of their their clients. Um, there's, there's a lot of places to go on Facebook. If you go to help feed Toledo, um, there's, there's a wonderful woman named Barb who, who has made it her personal mission and she's got wonderful volunteers too, um, who, who do food distribution, um, on different days of the week. And, and they just, they try, they try to meet needs for people who maybe slip through some of the cracks. So there's a lot of need in Toledo, but there are, there are so many people doing 
so much good. One that we know uh, quite intimately, and then I'll ask you about a, another one. Actually, I'll ask him both together, and then you can take it as you wish. Uh, I know we don't mm-hmm. call it Jewish Family Services anymore, but their their pantry is is non denominational. So don't let the right. Jewish part hold you off from that. And then uh, speak on that, and then after that, connecting kids to meals. I know Wendy and her team do a good job with uh, when it comes to TPS and and summer things as well. That's it. And there's also the um, the is the, the Islamic Center. Uh, there's an Islamic food bank. They um, they do hot meals. There 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 are just tremendous resources. You can reach out to 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 any church, any religious organization, and they will they will put you in touch with people who can help. Uh, Mosaic Ministries does a, a world of good, not just with food, but with 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 basic life needs like like clothing and beds. There are a lot of resources. There's a lot of help to be had. And I guess somebody might be thinking right now, well, well, this is this is great. How are there people that are hungry? And I guess one of the challenges or barriers is some people who might be unhoused or for one reason or another can't access these places for a variety of reasons, even though they're all mm-hmm. out there. Um, yeah, I mean, there are in, in some instances, and a lot of this is tied to, um, to grants. Uh, so, the, you know, sometimes organizations don't get to, to make the rules quite the way they might like to. You know, there are times when you can, there are places where you can only go, say, once a month, or you have to have proper identification. Oh, on the south end, I don't want to forget the, um, I never took Spanish, so Sophia I always want to say Nuestra Gente, but I think it's Nuestra Gente. Yes. Um, is, is a bilingual food program that will help. Um, you were talking about the places in the old South End, me, who, who Estrain, I forget it no, as well. Gente, I think yeah, it is. There you go. I was thinking Sophia uh, Arts, Sophia Quintero Arts There's and Cultural also Center. Sophia Quintero. If you ever, if you show up at Sophia Quintero, they will help you find the, the resources you need. They are, they are so wonderful there. Um, but it's not specifically like a food bank or a food service. Um, so there are a lot of places that, that just logistically, uh, you can't go to all the time. And then there are others, like you could, you could get lunch Monday through Thursday at the Martin Luther King Kitchen for the Poor. Um, there's also Food for Thought. Food for Thought has mobile food pantries. Um, and what's nice about them is that they let you choose your groceries, um, which include not just the, the, the non-perishables, but also uh, fruits and vegetables. A lot of they have relationships with local farmers who provide um, fresh vegetables. And um, and because that's a dignity thing that you're not just and nothing against being handed a bag of food when you when you're hungry, the bag of food is great. But if you can choose what you want and what you need as though you were going to the grocery store, um, that that does so much for people's self-esteem and dignity. One of the other things so, I was thinking that, that keeps people from from access, accessing these places, I didn't know about the um, the restrictions that that some of them had was. If yes. they're unhoused, they very unlikely to have transportation as well and getting to some of these places. Transportation is a huge issue. Yeah. Harvey and Henrietta have told me that, that people people walk miles because they don't have transportation just to go pick up lunch or if there are some surplus groceries at the at the kitchen. Um, you know, or you may have transportation but maybe somebody needs it to get to to a a job and that leaves you without one or bus routes. Uh, can be variable. I mean, there are just, there are so many factors. People think it's easy um, trying to figure out, you know, which pantry is open on which day at which time, which ID you need, if you need ID, trying to get there. And then of course with winter and the prospect of, of snow and bad weather, it's, 
it's hugely difficult. Let me pick your brain uh, about this. I know when it comes to uh, some toyathons and things like that, some of these organizations <laughs> they 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 will never turn away new toys or if it's coats, new coats. But they often encourage people to do monetary donations because their money with connections they have often the money they have goes farther than the money that we have. So if you were to give ten dollars, <laughs> their ten dollars can go farther with their partnerships than if we were to just buy ten dollars. Uh, is that the case with a lot of these food places? It, it is. So, you know, if, if one of the food pantries um, can take, say, that $10 and go to one of the larger food banks that has been able to get large donations or has been able to get deals itself, in ter- you know, by, by shopping in bulk. Um, and so they can get that much more uh, than we can if we just go to Kroger or Myers and even using coupons. So, so you know, plus... Like I said before, um, you know, they can determine what their what their priorities are. It may be that they find that people are more in need of coats than, say, of spaghetti. And so they would rather they would rather get winter wear rather than groceries this week. You know, it it gives them a certain amount of self-determination because they're the ones on the front line who see what people need. So whatever value of food you were planning on buying to donate, it might be better to give mm-hmm. the, the dollar donation instead. I mean, the thought is wonderful, but as we just explained, they can get that, that money to go farther. Yes. Now, I do know I have a friend who, who brought four turkeys to the Martin Luther King kitchen uh, for Thanksgiving, which was wonderful, especially given the, the, the price of turkeys and the, um, the availability um, were both a little questionable at Thanksgiving. You know, that was a wonderful, generous gift, and he's an older man. And so to go to the store and buy these and carry these, you know, that he was really invested in, in doing that personally. And, and, you know, I don't want to deter anybody who really wants to get involved in that way or wants to go and pack sandwiches with food for thought uh, that are distributed on Saturdays or wants to go pack hot meals with the, um, the Islamic Food Bank. Uh, just, you know, if you've got money to spend, give them the money, like you say, and yeah. let them spend it as they they can perhaps do better. Before we pivot to some lighter things to wrap up our discussion, can you talk about Food for Thought? Because they do, what, peanut butter and jelly sandwich packing every Saturday? Um, I think they do the sandwich packing on Friday night. Okay. Unless they've changed, then I missed it. Uh, they do the food distribution on Saturday. So they go downtown um, where a lot of people who have you know, have been staying at Cherry Street um, or who are in some of the uh, apartment complexes um, they go down there and, and they distribute peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and cute little bags that, that school kids are sometimes decorated and there are cookies and snacks in there. And it's, it's, it's about the food because people need food. And, and if you don't have a refrigerator, for example, because you're unhoused, um, non-perishable food is really, you know, critical. But, but it's about the community. You know, they, they have these picnics downtown and, and people are just welcome to drop in and, um, and come, which reminds me, too, of an organization called uh, Food Not Bombs. And, and they prepare food on Thursday nights um, in the good weather. They have a picnic down at the Collingwood Garden. And, um, and they also, if people don't have transportation, they will do some delivery of meals. But again, it's very much a community uh, based organization. They're always looking for volunteers. You get together. I did a story about them as well. You you get together in the kitchen and people are singing and dancing and chopping and stirring and packing back. And it's just, there's there's a lot to be said for being involved rather than just, you know, 
PayPaling or Venmoing some money. That's what I, money, th- money, money talks too. That's what so, I wanted to to, to to hint at with um, the food for thought peanut butter and jelly sandwich pack. Yeah. I know there are often a lot of people who are looking for uh, social things to do. Maybe they're new to the community. Maybe they don't want to go mm-hmm. out and participate in the the. We're very good at binge drinking here, uh, but some people don't want to participate in that, and that's totally fine. And there are activities like this where you can get involved, and you check a lot of boxes. You meet people, you have a good time, and you're doing good for a community. So, like the the Friday night it's peanut butter win, and jelly win, pack. Win, 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 win. Yep. You know, um, or if 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 a company is looking to do like a team building exercise, yep. that's a great one. Yeah, right. Ronald get everybody McDon- involved in doing good. Ronald McDonald House is always looking for for places like that to come into their kitchen, Absolutely. cook some meals for their people. All right, let's. And particularly on Christmas, they need volunteers on Christmas. I think. Let's switch gears just a little bit. Not so much to these places that help people who are hungry. How about some stories or, or places you've connected with along your path and your occupation over the course of the year where it's beyond a restaurant or a food truck, where it's beyond just, wow, this is really good. But maybe there's a wonderful community aspect or a great story with them as well that you could share. Um. Well, we didn't touch on same cafe, so I want to. We don't want to leave them out. They just opened a few weeks ago. You were at the opening. I was not able to get downtown in time because I got caught up in something. Uh, it's a pay it forward cafe in the main library branch. If you need a meal, you can you can get a meal. If you want to contribute again, um, if you want to be actively participating, you can volunteer. You can donate money um, that helps to provide food for other people. Um, and right across the street is the Lowrider Cafe. You can buy love tokens so that people in need of food who, who are short on money can pick up a token and get food. Um, that having been said, I did two stories that were just, I'm going to cry just thinking about it, were so meaningful to me this year. Um, one was Opportunity Kitchen. It's run by my friend Sandra Irvine. And it gives adults who are in need of a second chance. And that's everything from, you know, women who who've survived domestic abuse to, to people who've been in, you know, unhoused people who've, who've found their way in and out of the criminal justice system. Uh, it, it teaches them in, in essentially a 10 week boot camp, um, and with a little, a lot of tough love. Uh, Sandra is wonderful, but she, she doesn't let anybody make excuses. She teaches them how to empower themselves. Um, they learn culinary skills and life skills. And they come out of that program ready to be hired in any restaurant in town or because they've been taught just simply life skills and employment skills. Sometimes they don't, they don't continue in the culinary world, but they can get jobs, say, at Jeep or at any number of other places because they have been so well trained and so, so well taught and, and had their natural talents brought forward. Um, so that one is amazing. And also, um, I think everybody knows uh, Jira Stewart of Jira's Heavenly Suite, the bakery on Bancroft near UT. If you don't, you should. And Jira won a, a local grant a couple of years ago. And when she won it, she said, I want to do something for the community. Her, her belief firmly is that when you've been given blessings, you need to pay them forward. And so she started a program where she makes birthday cakes for kids in foster care. And all that needs to happen is that the caseworker passes on the kid's name and age, what colors of cake they want, and what, what flavor, chocolate, vanilla, or confetti. And at no cost to the kid, the foster family, uh, Lucas County Children's Services, the family of origin, or anybody else, 
Um, there's a, there's a fund that where friends of uh, Lucas County Children's Services collects donations, and and they they contribute to that cause. And and Jira and her daughter make beautiful cakes that are personalized, and and kids are just so so astounded. You know, these are kids who have had really hard lives. And she told me that that one 16 year old who had just spent like his whole life in foster care and felt that nobody cared, got one of these cakes and knew somebody loved him. Yeah, it's it's we overlook it, I guess, because what we were discussing at the outset is um, day to day food. But you know what? It, it's special. Yeah. One of the things that that every kid should have um, is a birthday cake. And for Jared to do with that. With their name on it. Yes. With their name on it. Not just some cake that you picked up at the grocery store, but a cake that they asked for in their favorite color, in their favorite flavor with their name on it. Yeah, maybe it's that, yep. that that little pep that, like you said, somebody somebody cares about them and gives them that little spark. And I don't know where that that spark will take them, but it's certainly better than not having it. Um, with the last couple of minutes that we have to talk here, um, okay. we'll we'll just go fully gluttonous. What through your <laughs> trails over the course of the year with cheap eats and everything else? And I'm I'm absolutely putting you on the spot. What is? And there's no double entendre here. We've already established that you talk about food, you write about food. What is the best yeah. thing you have put in your mouth and devoured from January 1 of 2022 till right now? Oh my God, are you kidding me? Uh, between, what, 26 episodes of Cheap Eats where I've eaten everything from, from conies to chocolate cake to, to toasting the holidays with beer, um, the... The restaurants that that I have eaten at, the the churches and and people who've invited me and shared recipes with me, there is no way on God's green earth that I could possibly pick one item. Just well, seriously, I mean, we're talking fifty two weeks, three hundred and sixty five days of all of Northwest Ohio um, trying to feed me, <laughs> and and the blade paying me to go out and eat. And, and then, and then my, you know, having people share recipes for pies and apple cakes at the high holidays, like I, I would not even be able to come up with all of the different things I have eaten this year, let alone trying to pick a favorite. And I'm not saying that to be diplomatic, just truly, it's just my, my whole job is, is about food. Although, as I always like to say, you know, it's, you know, people think the best part of it is the food, but the best part is that I make friends and I develop relationships with food as the unintended entree. All right, how about this? This is this is a more <laughs> practical question, especially around the holidays where it's very hard to say no. Um, Mary yeah. is not the star of uh, what I've read, a very good new movie with Brendan Fraser called Whale about a very obese man. Mary is actually very petite. How, when you go to all these places, it is your job to, to eat. Um, how do you not go overboard? What do you exercise for or use for self-discipline? Um, I should exercise more. Um, I don't. Um, so you just have, I, you have a wonderful, you have a wonderful I would, metabolism. I you no, know, I wouldn't say that, especially as I'm, as I'm, I'm getting old. Um, I would say that it's, it's really more about moderation. So like, right. I know. And, and so like, I'll, I'll ask my boyfriend, I'll ask Craig, you know, like I'll tell him, you know, like, well, what are we doing for lunch or what are we doing for dinner? Because I kind of have to have a plan for my day. Because if 
if I'm going to be doing cheap eats, say at four, and I'm going to eat ice cream, I'm not doing dinner. You know, I mean, the ice cream is my dinner. And so then I would want to have maybe like a small salad at lunch so that I have some nutrition in my system, but also I have something in my stomach so that I'm not gorging on the ice cream because I'm so hungry. I would say a lot of it is just planning and, and moderation. So like when we go to do cheap eats, we generally order several things. Instagram has now limited us to one minute videos uh, and we don't want to lose that platform. So we're, you know, kowtowing to them and abiding by their rules. Um, but we still order several things, which is all included in the write-up that I do. And I can't possibly eat, say, three meals, you know, while we're sitting there. So I taste each one for the camera. And depending upon what we'll keep or what I can take home, um, I, I may finish one plate of something while I'm there. But then I take, you know, all the rest of it goes in the to-go box. And I either have it for dinner later or I share it with my family or I share it with my coworkers. How about this? I know you've talked about this before, and and I know like a glass mm-hmm. of water to fill up can can be helpful, um, yeah. and, and some other things, some other maybe quirky tricks. But how about uh, we'll wrap up with mindful eating? That can be a way to, to uh, assuage yeah. some of the hunger pangs and the and the desire to want to go overboard. Right. Like well, you know, you're going to say a cookie exchange. You know, plan accordingly. You know, that's not something that comes up spontaneously, like say a dinner invitation. Right. Um, so, so, you know, have a little something in your stomach already or make your plan that you're going to eat the, you know, the vegetables first before you get to the cookie. Wait, 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 wait. That, that, that's not what we talked about before with mindful eating. I, like, mindful chewing, I guess I should, should actually say it to be completely specific. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you are, are thoughtful about how, what you're eating, how you're eating, that, that, that's all really critical. And sometimes you just have to say, you know what, it's the holidays or it's my family's, <laughs> you know, Christmas party and and have some fun and don't feel bad. And then just, you know, try a little harder the next day. You still didn't give me the answer that I was looking for. What is the answer you're looking for? We've talked about this before. Like you take mindfulness to and you apply that to eating as well. I know we've talked about this yeah. where you chew slowly you only eat, right. you only eat, you don't talk. It's not a social thing, or maybe it is, but you're concentrating and trying to like with your tongue and your senses, pick apart while the food is in your mouth and chewing it. So you can kind of get all like, do what you do instinctively and come up with really big adjectives to describe what you're eating and you're mindfully eating. It makes you eat slower. So you get filled up faster and you don't gorge yourself. That's true, but I think that's I think that's particularly difficult to do at the holidays, yeah. which are so social and so distracting, and and there's eggnog and there's you know and there's champagne and and you know uh, you know all the different kinds of hors d'oeuvres on New Year's. Like I, I, it's a noble effort, but I think the holidays are are harder for that protocol than than the rest of the year. Fair enough. Um, all right, we're done with that. But I don't think people should feel guilty. People, you know, food is 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 bandied about as a as as a weapon or something you have to earn. Like, oh, I was good. I had my 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 green beans at lunch, so I can have ice cream. Like, you know, food food should not be weaponized and demonized the way it is. 
Uh, I have mean, some fun. It's the holidays. Yeah, I mean, that. Yeah, a good way to t- to end that. And, Just and keep on it's 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 still Toledo. It's winter. You can just buy a bigger yeah. shirt, and no, we, nobody's going to see any skin anyway. You don't have to worry about your your summer body goes from like July fifteenth till the end of July, and then it gets cold again. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, Put on an extra sweater. I, I I know we didn't plan for this, but this has always kind of like yeah. been filed away. We said we were going to do this a year ago. Did you? Do you have any words you want to throw out that we're banning for 2023, like Lake Superior oh, State? Man, I I wish I had kept a list of them all. Like in the in the on the spur of the moment, you know, where I'm like, oh my god, I'm so tired of this. I gotta I gotta nominate this. I send it in, and then I don't keep track of of the words. But I have I have some regular favorites that I'm going to nominate every year until they do it, um, like flavor profile and skill set. <laughs> Those are two that make me crazy. Skill set. I, I, to match up with skill set, to make an analogy or a synonym, I'm tired of hearing like tools, toolbox, mm-hmm. toolkit. Yeah. I mean, they're both the same thing. Let's come up with something else for what we can do. Skill set. <laughs> come on, scientists, give us something else. <laughs> um, what, what are some other words you've nominated? Uh, Trajectory, I'm done with that. Um, yeah. Scale, I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a social thing, although I've, I haven't seen it as much. Um, we don't have to end your one piece of wisdom per day by saying thanks for coming to my TED Talk. And that's from somebody who Thank actually you. did a TED Talk. Uh, what else? Did you ever get a hold of Lake Superior State? Because I think absolutely once they published the list on New Year's Eve that you should talk to them in the new year. I didn't. I, they never. And got, I would like a volunteer to come along too. <laughs> I, I did not, but hopefully they'll get with me as they, I guess they, they ramp up some promotion. What else? Uh, pathway. I'm done with that. I'm done mm-hmm. with C-suite for like CEO, CFO. Um, and... This is not, I mean, it's a phrase and, and I guess it goes in line with like, it's it's part of pop culture lexicon. I, can we come up with, and, and for whether it's commercials, advertising, stop saying adult beverage. It's so cheeky <laughs> and it's corny is what it is. We know what you're talking about. Your kids can hear the word beer or liquor or whatever. That's it. I, every time Call I- Every time I hear uh, adult beverage, I imagine that someone is cheekily saying it next to me and elbowing me in my stomach, giving me a wink. Yes, precisely. Yes, and it needs to go. What uh, What are your holiday, what are your end of year plans? Um, I've got some vacation coming up. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I have baking to do. Um... Not sure that I'm going to get any cookies sent to anybody, but I at least like to bake for my own um, sanity, let's say. You know, other people work out or, or do needlepoint or something, and, and I bake. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, Hanukkah's coming up on Sunday. Of course, there's always latkes and, and donuts. Um, did you know that the last day of Hanukkah overlaps with Christmas? I, so we're having a not quite Christmas code, but close enough. I, I did not. Um, how do how do donuts fit in Hanukkah? Um, in Israel, um, among the Sephardim, the the donuts, the fried fried pastries are are a big thing, and so the sugganyot, the jelly donuts, 
are are the the, the biggest thing uh, in Israel. But there are any any little fried sweet will will work. And you know, of course, people always think that it's always got to be really unhealthy fried food, but but it doesn't have to be. It's about the miracle of the oil having lasted for for eight days. You know, salad dressing counts. <laughs> so, you know, sure. Have a salad with your latkes. Um, what was your personal highlight of the year? Oh man. Um, oh, I would. I needed some morning for that, so I could actually go over the year. Get, I'm lucky if I. I couldn't even well, tell you what I had for breakfast, let alone the year. Well, I, I'm thinking of something that, like, whatever comes to mind immediately. I think that there's some some credence to that being a highlight or memorable in some way. Um, full functionality with your hand? Close to full functionality, though I've got symptoms brewing, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm always leery of my hands. Um, Key Bank has, has a dinner every year, uh, and it's, as a, it's a thank you to their, their private banking clients. And every year they, they, they do it in, in tandem with our local PBS station, which I love. And, and so they always invite to do a, a presentation and a demo and to help uh, curate the meal, they they invite one of the chefs that has a television show on PBS. And so this year it was the two hosts, Bridget and Julia from America's Test Kitchen. And they always seem really nice when you see them on TV. But I just, I want to say that they are, they are extraordinarily nice. They are nice beyond nice. They are every bit as genuine and sincere as they seem. And one of my friends from, from work, loves, loves, loves America's Test Kitchen. And she was supposed to come with me to do the interview and she wasn't able to come. And so so Bridget and, and Julia actually wrote a little note saying hi to her and then took a picture and then they signed it um, so that, that she would know that they were thinking of them. And I would have to say that just, you know, they could have not cared. They could have, you know, acted as though, and I didn't even volunteer this. They volunteered this. Um, they could have acted as though they had better things to do. They had to get to lunch. They went to go find, you know, hot dog buns at Tony Paco's. And, and they took a few moments to do something thoughtful for a fan whom they didn't even know. And I would have to say that that would be a standout moment for the year. Excellent. That they were just so gracious and so lovely. Excellent. Good. Um, well, thank you as always. Uh, are we doing, are we doing, Second or third Thursday? Wait, should we really lock this in? Maybe we'll try to stay consistent consistent in 2023? Well, we had aimed for second Thursday, but it doesn't seem to have worked very well. All so right. I almost wonder if maybe spontaneous is better. <laughs> like, hey, can you do it or, or can't you? Because every time we try to make a plan, it doesn't seem to work out of late. I will loosely make it the third Thursday. Actually, you know what? I will loosely make it the second, at least that way. We give ourselves some mm-hmm. latitude that we can bump it to the following week. That sounds fair. Okay. Um, last last thing. What do you do? You have yeah. anything lined up you can tease me with with where you're going, um, or what you've already done, but we haven't read about yet, or what's coming in January? Um. Well, January is when when it's cold, it's dark. Um. All the holiday festivities are done, and the credit card bills are coming due. So we're gonna we're gonna start being frugal. Okay. Um, I've tried to be frugal with my holiday stories. Um, I really have tried to consider um, the the grocery prices and and 
you know, lack of availability because of, of supply issues. Um, so I've really tried to be very careful and conscientious about that. But, but yeah, by, by January, you've got to have some fun, but you really got to watch those proverbial pennies. So you don't have so any places, no places lined up for cheap eats or anything like that that's on your radar you're excited to get to? Um, I've been in touch with a few people. We need to, we need to do, um, we need to set the schedule for that. Um, I would have to say that, that scheduling cheap eats is one of the hardest parts of my job for everyone that comes through when I send a message and five minutes later, get a response and I get a scheduling. Um, like last year I called 16 places trying to get, get cheap eats scheduled for one week. And it took me two weeks to get, um, to get one done recently. Um, it's hard to get a hold of people or to get a hold of the right person. Um, people don't check their messenger, even though they're on Facebook every single day and you right. can see them posting it's like, you know, do you not see the little, the little number up in the corner? Um, so if anybody is interested in, in doing cheap eats, um, have them hit me up. I would always, I would always love to have new people, people who are interested in doing it because it's fun. You know, we, we make friends, we eat well, we drink well, we raise a toast, we, you know, we laugh, we show you off and, and, and there's no cost. Yep. It's, it's, we're just there to, to show some love and support. Awesome. Well, we're done. I will, uh, I'll be in touch with you at some point. That sounds great. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah to you too. I will, uh, I will talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.